Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. We are filled with an abundance of joy. We are filled with an abundance of joy. Also an abundance of questions. Good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service to help answer questions and resolve claims quickly. Uh, good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service. We are also filled with an abundance of biscuits. We are also filled with, uh, I don't think it works this way. Oh, and jam. Don't forget jam. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Welcome to Women Winning Divorce with your host, Heather Quick. Heather brings over 20 years of law experience that advocates and empowers women to achieve happier and healthier lives. Each week, we provide knowledge and guidance on different aspects of family law to help lead women through the difficult and emotional legal challenges that they are facing. Listen in as she discusses issues including divorce, custody, alimony, paternity, narcissism, mediation, and other family law issues to provide insight on the journey of women winning divorce. Welcome to the show. I'm Julie Morgan, and I'm joined by your host, Heather Quick. Hi, Heather. How are you today? I am great, Julie. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm always dealing with technical difficulties for some reason, but you know what? We work through it, and we just keep going. Yes, we do. I know. I um, I feel like any time that something breaks in the office tech-wise or something doesn't work, it, it's me. It is always on my computer. It's always whatever to do with me, which that's the common denominator. So maybe that's why you were having problems, Julie. You know because what? I'm going to say I it's tend to me. have that effect. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm going to say it's me. I tried to uh, to plug in a a, um, a a camera so you can see me today, and you know what? It just seems like that didn't work out. So. Oh, well, I got to see you for a little bit. So anyway, that at least helps. Yes, yes, absolutely. You can see my expressions, but uh, we'll get it worked out. So Heather, you know, today is, uh, we're talking about a serious topic. We're in the month of October, and October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we really want to shed a light on why women stay in abusive relationships. If you've ever been the victim of abuse, it's probably hard to understand why someone um, would stay in a relationship if you've never been in that situation. So talk to me about this. Why, why wouldn't someone leave? So leaving an abusive relationship is very difficult. And, you know, it's, it's hard to understand for so many people. And if they don't understand the cycle of violence and the psychological, emotional, in addition to physical abuse that occurs, it can be very difficult to understand because for many of us, you think, well, you would just leave, but you're looking at it from the outside looking in and it's just, it's more complicated than that. And for those women, and there is definitely research science, and I've spoken to many women, who can reflect back and say why it was so hard to leave. It's just not that easy. You know, I think about it, any relationship is complicated. So a relationship like this, it has to be complicated on another level. Yes, it does. Because abusers are good at manipulation and creating fear in their victims to the point that they feel they have no no other option. And that's really the that's really it they feel like they have no other option 
I know we're going to talk about in segments two and three the reasons why women stay, but there's one that I really want to touch on right now and again later because right out of the bat, uh, right off the, out of the gate, because it's it's something that, well, shame. That's one of the reasons, and we should tell women there's no reason to feel shame. Yes, and that is part of the manipulation and part of the isolation and things that are contribute to their inability to leave and what makes it so difficult. Absolutely, which is exactly what the abuser wants the victim to feel, as though it's their fault, as though they're the ones who should be ashamed. Yes. So, you know, I wanted to touch on that just so if you're listening to this and you're going through this situation, you should not feel any sense of shame. So let's talk about a statistic. A victim of abuse will usually attempt to leave how many times before they leave for good? So... What the research shows and the statistics are seven times before they leave for good. That's a lot. Yes, I was not expecting that number. That is, wow. Hmm. And yeah, the, a lot of that, you know, you think about it, like that takes a lot of courage, okay, the first time. But then what if, you know, you don't, and then what happens and you didn't leave or you didn't stay, you went back the first time. And so then it almost becomes a pattern where you're leaving and then you come back. Um, so I think that if you can't really leave and stay gone the first time, those subsequent times, there's going to be more times you try, but then get sucked back in. You know what, Heather? I I didn't even think about the leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. I was just thinking, oh, they packed their bags to leave, but then they ended up saying, no, you know what? I'm going to try to stick it out. So what I think um, happens is, you know, they get the courage usually, and usually when they leave, that can be the most dangerous and volatile time for the victim because they, then it could get way worse, you know? So there's a lot of, I think, you know, obviously that's when the pain is too much. There's a reason that really allows them to leave, but there is such power and control over their life that um, many times they don't feel that they can do it on their own. And, and they'll probably lure them back, the abuser. However, you know, it, it can be very you know, dangerous when they do return as far as the retaliation. Like, I think, you know, you can see several instances where they're leaving trying to leave after a violent episode, after they've really been hurt and they can woo them back. You know, again, like that whole cycle of domestic violence, they're so sorry and they bring them back. Um, but still, like, I mean, that's only going to last so long. Like there's these periods that go within this cycle and, when you start seeing that cycle shorten, because sometimes it'll be like, it could be as long as like once a year, they have like the, an outburst. But then you start to see these periods shorten and the abuse comes more frequent. And then I think that's when it gets so, so potentially dangerous for a victim. But, you know, if they don't have a plan and there's no, they don't, they, or they can't find anyone, any place to go, I think it's why they go back. 
I didn't even, okay, Heather, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about the cycle as far as the time between abusive periods. Yes. And I think, I think that's just the way it works because recognize that this person is not psychologically sound, uh, that because you just don't beat another person and manipulate and control them if you are psychologically sound. So there are a lot of issues there. And and I think sometimes they can, they can hold it together for a certain period of time and sometimes longer than others. And then that, that period of time just gets shorter and shorter. And that's when things get more and more dangerous and because they're so volatile and, you know, many women, the, they don't leave because they think, well, what about the kids? Um, and they don't want to leave children there and they're not sure that they can, you know, what are we going to all do together? But they do worry that if I don't want, I'm going to be dead. And then they'll, the kids will just be with him alone or he's just going to start going after them. And, and I think that can be a, really a turning point in the violence and in the abuse. Something um, that you just said, it just made me think about, let's say that a woman is is trying to leave one night, one evening, one day, no matter what time it is, and then he sees that she's trying to leave and then he takes hold of the children. Yes, and then that becomes very scary. It's Because yeah. now what's going to happen, you know? And many women do see themselves as the shield between the husband and the kids. And that's typically what does happen. And so it's just, you know, and that can be, and that is definitely, you know, when we get to the reasons to say one, it's not um, a rational reason, but none of these are because it's very difficult to be rational when you're in such an abusive, controlling, manipulative relationship. It takes everything you've got to just go day to day. You're at such a low level of functioning because of your circumstance that I think you to just envision what that would look like um, is really difficult. And many women don't have a support system. They have no idea what's going to happen in a shelter. And and this is part of like both, uh, a re, you know, leaving. It's like, well, what is the plan? Do you have anybody who is where you feel safe to talk to? And to share with that, then they can maybe, you know, connect you with a shelter or family, things like that. That that can be very hard. And and I will tell you, I think, Julie, like some for, you know, more affluent people, the more money there is, you're like, I'm not going to go live in a shelter. But, but you could have no access to your financials and you're willing to stay because of those circumstances. And, you know, you're that's that can be a challenge. Oh, Heather, I didn't think about that. That's true. Because you're thinking, well, okay, you know, possibly the money gives me some type of security. But then if I leave, then I have no security and absolutely no control. Correct. And people don't want to go to a shelter. Like, I think they're, and, and to me, because like, look at what happens when we are having horrible storms. Like, people aren't leaving. So, and I think it's more than just, oh, I'm going to watch my home. There's no way you can watch your home versus a storm, but it's your home. It's where you live and you're comfortable, even if something bad's going to happen. And again, in, with, um, leaving an abusive relationship, it's familiar. 
I'm not, we all know it's not safe, but the way our brains work is this is familiar. I can, I can plan, predict, I know what's going to happen. I know when the abuse happens and there is a part of your subconscious that equates familiarity with safe. And that is not rational, but that is what our subconscious does. And when it comes to such a point as the reality is this is not safe, then there's that fight fight or flight kicks in. But then coming back, you're like, well, at least it's familiar. And so therefore, psychologically, there is just a huge, that's why so many people stay in bad relationships. So many people do stay and do things that make no sense on the outside looking in, but that's because it's familiar. Yes, you may look at a relationship, maybe a, a friend or or a loved one, you may look at their, that relationship and it may not even have anything to do with physical abuse, but you're saying, oh, why is she putting up with that? But it's because it's something she knows. Correct. Hmm. That also made me think of of uh, when people are are kidnapped and you know they're uh, you know sort of brainwashed as well, um, and then they understand the abuse and so they feel like that's familiar and oh all of this is just it just brings out so many other emotions in me. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, like, and it does. It's just it is this like psychological warfare on you in addition to physical, and it. I mean, that, it, it happens. It is absolutely um, real. And in that it's the psychological part that talks yourself out of trying to escape if, if you're unable to really have the ability, the mental strength, but also that thought of hope. And the the power and the control that they have, that is what's taking away that hope that you should have. Correct. Or that desire. It is. It's a belief that if I hang in here and I can do this, I'm going to be okay. Um, it there is you, there. You have to muster. I think within people who survive horrific things, they find something that they are able to hold on to, to muster the strength, to know that there's going to be an opportunity to get out of this. But that's something they have to dig deep for. It has to be because, I mean, we just looked at that statistic seven times before they leave for good. This is something you got to dig deep, deep for. Correct. And you're already in a spot that um, is very difficult. Hmm. I wonder, so what, and I think I know the answer to this question. We've, we've kind of answered it. What is the number one reason why you've heard that women stay in abusive relationships? Number one, hands down, that's it. It's, it's the fear. It's absolutely fear. Wow. And that with that fear comes the shame that I mentioned, too, because I, I feel like that's probably um, I know that's one of the reasons. And it has to be also high up in someone's mind because they're thinking, well, from the outside looking in, I have a great relationship. Well, and I mean, the statistics are scary, I will tell you. And they're like it's the fear and it's not all it's certainly not irrational. OK, I mean, they 
tell you they're going to beat you. They do beat you. That's scary. I, I can't imagine what that feels like. And, you know, and then you can add to it. I mean, if there's a gun and that increases, I mean, the stats are, you know, just staggering. If, you know, they have a gun, then that increases the risk of homicide by like 500%. No. I mean, this stuff is real. And, you know, I mean, I think I saw something recently on the statistics, like approximately one in four women um, have experienced severe physical violence in an intimate relationship. I mean, this stuff is, is true. It happens and how for women, because that's what we're focused on. And it's how to help them know there is a place to go. There aren't that many places either. I mean, if we want to get down to it, there's not a ton of places where they can go. And that there's true support. I mean, we do have shelters in this Northeast Florida area. We have some great ones in each county that do provide a lot of services, but it's it's going to be uncomfortable. And that, I think, is where women have to recognize, I might have to go do this, and this is the only way I stay alive. Wow. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, we're going to talk more about abusive relationships and reasons why women stay. Stay with us. Welcome back to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Heather, again, we're talking about why women stay in abusive relationships. We touched on a little bit in segment one, the number one reason why you've heard that women stay in abusive relationships, fear. Let's pick up from there. Fear, that covers just about everything. Fear for the children, you know, fear for your own life, everything. Yes. Well, and, and so then there's, I think, yeah, we can talk about everything, but really, you know, some of these barriers are the fear that it's going to get more violent or he'll kill me if I try to leave. Um, and that, you know, and especially it's almost, which I know this sounds counter, this sounded counterintuitive to me, but when I heard it, it made sense because I think as the outsiders looking in, we're like, well, when he beats you that bad, like you're definitely going to leave. But then what women have said is then they knew he could kill me. Like now it got so bad, like he's not lying. Like he almost did kill me and he can. And that changes and that almost creates more of a reason. Like they're like, at least if I stay, he's not going to kill me. And that's what they're believing. Um, I think it's the fear of losing their children. Um, or that he's going to then make, it'll be worse for the children. Um, fear of being homeless and, you know, not knowing where or how you're going to protect yourself. And then there are also just the fear of what will my family do? Will they accept me or not? Okay, Heather, let's go back to the first thing you touched on, because I didn't think about this either. They know after the abuse happens the first time, it's no longer a threat. It's a certainty. They know that this is something that could lead to the end of their life. Yes, yes. And so now, um, now then that's just even more. It's like, gosh, wow, now 
I know he can do it because that time was really bad. Wow. Again, power and control, power and control. Mm. Yes. Uh The next one, history of abuse. Right. And that goes with that. Like, it's just they, well, I think that can be very common when you, if, if you grow up, um, to with abusive situations and in an abusive family, it's not as foreign to you. And I know we've talked about in this pat in the past in many episodes um, on the show where it's your family of origin. When you grow up seeing a certain thing, then that is not then that's normal to you. And and I don't know if normal is the best word, but I think it at least it's familiar. I think familiar is better. So therefore, um, yeah, that like you're thinking, oh, this is something that that happens or I've gone through this before. So you know what? I'm strong and I can continue to put up with it. Yeah, like you just you don't see another option for a relationship because you have not seen that model to you. Ah, yes, yes. And, and and I think that goes on both sides. You know, you just didn't don't have a model of something that would look different. You're like, this is just the way it is. And that makes me think that that person possibly did not have friends that were not in this situation. Because, you know, you may go to a friend's house and you're looking around and you're like, okay, this is different, you know? And so it's possible that they did not have friends that were not in that situation. So, again, they thought it was just the way life was. Yeah, right. Again, that lack of hope. That goes back to that power and control, I tell you. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. All right. What about the threats? Oh, that is really hard as well. I mean, we've talked about bullies and everybody knows what a bully is. And they use fear, threats, and intimidation to control you. But they are, I mean, they are a bully and worse, but it's physical too. So that that's even scarier because it's until you are able to get yourself into a position of equal or with some control, you, um, it's going to be difficult because you're still going to feel that they control you. And maybe that's in a situation where then you feel like you do have law enforcement on your side. You do have some type of support to build you up with some strength to then not feel as though he has got that power over you. So those threats and that, you know, coming from that side of a bully is really able to exert that over you. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. It does. And and it's interesting that, you know, as children, you may not have thought that you would have bullies as an adult. You know, you may have had a bully when you were, you know, when you were a child. But as an adult, you didn't think that would exist. And now this could happen. And it does. And it, you know, it's I think in there really are a lot of bullies. And, you know, you see that even in I know we're not talking about this, but it made me think of it like in the workplace, like in all kinds of places where you're like, wait a minute, we're not in high school or middle school anymore. Like, shouldn't we all be acting as an adult and respectful and working together as a team? But people are, people are people and they are who they are. And, you know, it, 
they, they they will you know show themselves for who they are and it can be it's not just in relationships they probably that's probably a very um you know i i don't want it well i will use the word scary place at their homes you know when you see the way some people act in mm-hmm. a public environment you can only imagine Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, I get exactly what you're saying, because, you know, basically their behavior carries over in different aspects of their lives. So at home, at work, no matter where they are, it happens. It does. It yeah. does. Mm. What about isolation? That can really mess with your mind. Oh, so much so. You know, we talked about that um, in an episode on gaslighting and how the isolation is so key. Because if you don't have anyone else around you to say, this doesn't look good, you need some help, you're, you are truly alone. And that control to isolate you is one of the number one things that um, is always there in any kind of abusive relationship. Because that's how they get you there. I mean, why do you think it's such punishment and, well, I don't. Well, I know it's punishment, but just from TV, when they put prisoners in isolation, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that is really true or not, nor do I know what they do to try to interrogate terrorists, except you hear things, you know, put them in isolation. But we know isolation is human beings need people. We need relationships. We need connection. And when you isolate somebody, that truly is um, a, a way to manipulate and, um, essentially terrorize somebody. Right, right. And they're they're probably looking at this since we're talking, when you think about it in terms of power and control, I'm going to punish you. This is your punishment for not doing what I told you to do. Correct. Wow. Yeah. That, you know, it goes back to, you know, that's when you think about punishing someone, I mean... You're not their parent. <laughs> You're supposed to be their partner. And that's no. it's just, that's not the way they're looking at it. No, because they're going to prevent you from having any outside independence um, as much as they can by isolating you from family, friends. And that increases your dependence on them. It increases your dependence on them for, you know, money, support, and even what, is you know definitely dysfunctionally considered love and security because that's not what you're experiencing at all but that is what you've come to believe is only available through this person that power control and lies that's what it is just lies yeah Mm -hmm. and when we talk about isolation they're trying to make sure that you have you know, no or little uh, contact with friends and family. They don't want that. Right, right. What about financial? Oh, my God. It has to be financial because if you have the financial means, you can at least go stay in a hotel. You know, you're, you're like, if you have your own independent finances, that will remove so much of the fear. And that's why in so many episodes and so many conversations, it's like, don't ever let yourself be fully dependent financially on a man, on anyone, but please not in a man. Like always have your own so that you know if, if you've got to go, you can. 
And I, I, you know, nobody ever believes that ever wants to hear it. And it's as simple as have a secret account and stash in some money because at the end of the day, you are the only one who can look out for yourself and your family. And if you were ever to be in a terrible situation, no access to money is very scary. Mm -hmm. Just think on a regular day, if let's say you go to uh, the grocery store or what have you, and your card is declined and you have all this stuff sitting there, that's scary because you're thinking, I have money. And you may not even be in this type of situation, but that's scary in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. And, you know, we talked about financial abuse also on this show. If you guys want to listen to that, you can go to our website, womenwinningdivorce.com, download, subscribe, and listen. That is a good one. What about yes. low self-esteem? Yes. And this is a result. Like now, this could definitely a victim. That is why you stay because and it makes sense after listening to all these other reasons. But there is a constant assault on your self-esteem throughout this entire thing because that's how they isolate you and that's how they keep you afraid that's how they make your reality seem distorted as far as who is on your side out there who you know really loves you and all those things but the abusers are going to constantly insult shame and belittle you which um Again, that is not, I mean, this is over time, over time it happens and it may not ever happen in public. It's usually, and that's part of why this is such a silent, lonely problem that is misunderstood. And despite the rhetoric you hear out there and despite what we do know about this, because it is primarily something that happens to women by men. There's not nearly enough protection, education, and help out there for women because they are continued to be blamed. So therefore, why wouldn't they think that their self-esteem is low and no confidence that anybody's going to believe you? Oh, you know, it's it's like you looking in the mirror and you saying things about yourself and then that person that's supposed to love you the most is really reaffirming that instead of saying, no, nope, that's not what I see. Right. And we can tell ourselves so many things. We definitely don't need someone else to back it, back it up. You know, we can tell ourselves so many negative things. We don't need someone oh else doing gosh. that. Oh my gosh, all day long. You know it. Mm -hmm. And over time, if you have those, those negative thoughts about yourself, then over time, when you have somebody else backing it up or really egging it on, then you really start to believe it. That's the problem. You have this self-talk, but you have this very loud vocal person telling you that as well. They're telling you, yep, it's true. Yep, which reinforces that. And that's all you're hearing because, again, the isolation. You don't have family, friends. There's nobody there to really give you what you want and need to hear. Yeah, you don't have that friend, that family member telling you, no, that is not true. And we want to help you through this. Mm -hmm. 
So this segment, we've gone through one, two, three, four, five reasons why women stay in abusive relationships. Fear, history of abuse, threats, isolation, low self-esteem. They really all go hand in hand. They do. And I think there also is a, there's a lot of societal barriers as well that, you know, I, like I said, there's, there's a fear. I'm not going to be believed. Are they really going to help me? Are the police really going to help me? Are they going to believe him? You know, if many people uh, feel society or they're, you know, they go to church and, um, they don't feel like they don't believe they're going to be supported. Maybe they've tried and they're thinking they're not getting this support. It's more about counseling, stay together, do what you need to do. That could be something there, you know, could be a belief that nothing's going to happen anyway. Even if they arrest him, you know, he'll talk his way out of it. And then I won't be believed or no one will prosecute, prosecute me. And, you know, there are so many things within our society that really keep women from leaving um, that I think affects it as well, in addition to all of these things. Wow. You're listening to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Today's topic is why women stay in abusive relationships. When we return, we're going to talk about more of those reasons. Stay with us. Welcome back to Women Winning Divorce with Heather Quick, owner and attorney of Florida Women's Law Group. Heather, today's topic is why women stay in abusive relationships. We've already talked about five reasons why women stay. Fear, history of abuse, threats, isolation, and low self-esteem. There's another one, guilt. Mm-hmm. Well, and that just goes back to this distorted belief that you are to blame. Um, and that's because of all that we've talked about above, the abuser's never at fault. Um, and they tell you that again and again. And, you know, there's there's a lot of manipulation that can really distort your reality of what is happening. And you might think you're to blame. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, I mentioned before the cycle of the domestic violence and that things then begin to get smaller. But, you know, you... The tension builds, like things build and build and build. And then there's the abusive incident. Um, And during that time, you know, they're just berating you and calling you horrible things, making you um, feel humiliated and shameful um, and and being abusive. But then that is so it is so um, it is so sick because they are sick. But then they feel better. okay? because now. You've had the incident and they've released it. So then they feel better. Now they got to make up for all that. And then that's when the apologies, the promises to change and the affection and trying to keep you in the relationship. And you're going to start to think you're going crazy because, which is that gaslighting. And you're like, why am I so mad? Look how sweet they're being, you know, that guilt, like what is going on? And this is real. I mean, they've studied it. There is this pattern. Wow. You know, I didn't think about that. Okay. You know, lots of revelations today. They've let it out their steam, so to speak, and they feel better. Correct. At your expense. Indeed. Indeed. Wow. Hmm. I didn't think about it either. 
Mm. I know. And it's, it's so sad. And it's really, it's very, it's very complex and people don't understand and they judge it and they don't, they don't understand, but that's because they're not in it and they're not, they haven't taken the time to understand what these, how this works. And so then, okay, we talk about guilt. Well, believe it or not, many of these women believe they love their spouse, their partner, and they do because now let's think about the honeymoon phase, the afterwards, the love, the just they're showering them and they're trying to, they're promising, promising, going to make it better, going to do better. And um, many women, um, they, again, that's familiar. This is this cycle. It's familiar to them. They want to believe that to be true because then, then I don't have to take any real scary action like leaving. Um, and so they believe, well, I love him. I, I want to stay. He's promising to make it better. He'll make it better. Like he, he's a great guy. You know, you can tell yourself a bunch of stuff and you can convince yourself of a lot of things that may, may or not even be true. Mm, yeah, no, this is not love. This is not love, people. It's really not. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, but after, okay, so go, going hand in hand with the, with the guilt. So, you know, after they've, like I said, quote unquote, let off steam, that's when they try to show you love. And then that's where it gets confusing. Well, it does. And I will tell you that, it, it, there can be quite a period of time that, you know, this doesn't have to be like, this is a, every month. I mean, this could be a year or two or three. Oh, so yeah. you can rationalize and convince yourself because, wow, it's been so long. It may not be great. And you might be walking on eggshells and you're still in an environment, but you're doing everything you can to keep the peace because you don't want that whole, when he loses his cool to happen again. But you can convince yourself because now you're like, well, I want to believe all these things he said. Well, he hasn't done it again. It's been six months. It's been a year. Now you're really doing everything you can to keep him from blowing up. But that is, that's part of where the, that psychological manipulation and brainwashing to an extent has happened. Hmm. So, you know, at a certain point, I thought about this, um, based on what you said, at a certain point, you may feel, okay, so it has been a year and a half or so, but you feel, oh, something's about to happen. And so you're in constant fear at that time, trying to make sure yes. that nothing happens. You know, and this is an example, like walking on eggshells, you know, all right, he's, things have gone worse at work. You know, if the house is messy, like, and you won't really be able to predict everything because when he is done, it's done. There can be the dog did something, the children did something, you did something. You won't really know, see it coming. So you're in a constant state of, of true stress and anxiety on keeping everything calm and peaceful and keeping him happy. Yeah, everything. Happy's not a great word, but I think you know what I mean. Just keeping it, yeah. keeping things yeah. like keeping it from blowing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. It, it everything truly does go back to fear, which was that number one thing you said. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next is shame. We mentioned that earlier. Talk to me about that. 
Uh, it's very difficult to talk about being in an abusive relationship. Um, there is a lot of shame. You feel a lot of guilt. Uh, you feel like you're going to be judged and blamed um, and or not believed. But either way, um, you are you've been so isolated. You have been through such you know, mental, emotional, and physical abuse that it's just very difficult to know that you can trust anybody. And, you know, batterers and and abusive men are very good at making you believe that this is all your fault and that you, you caused this. And that is what really is a lot of the shame. And you just... You might feel you you deserve it and you've done all these things because that's what they've told you. So it, um, it it's part of the reason you feel that way. And, and you are scared to that nobody's going to believe you. And, and if it happens, if it happens like once, let's say that you left or called the police or the police were called, and if nothing happens... And he's going to say, see, nobody's going to believe you. What do you think they're going to do? Come out here? I bet I can get them to take you to jail. Like, they're going to tell you a bunch of stuff. And and that very well may happen. Um, not every, um, you know, calling the police, you don't know what you're going to get. And you'd like to believe that they're going to see it for what it is, but not not all officers do. Not all situations, um, you know, prove out, get the victim out of there. And that's just... You know, lack of training, lack of experience, whoever comes out there. And that's a real fear and shame. And, um, you know, that may be such a reason that you're like, I I can't do it. I'm, I'm going to get judged and they're not going to believe me. And then what's going to happen? Oh, Heather, you know what that made me think of? What? What if... They make sure not to leave a bruise. That kind of, you know, the bruise kind of yeah. goes hand in hand with, you know, someone believing you because they can see it. You know what I mean? What if they Correct. make sure not to leave a bruise? Well, and right. I mean, and, and I think that over time they get to that that spot where, well, hey, I can, you know, abuse them and, and, and do things that won't really be seen. Right. Until unless they until they really lose it and lose control, but you could go years with that. Oh wow, mm. yeah, that made me think of that because you know we would automatically think, oh well, you know she's going to have bruises, bruises I can see, but also she may have gotten really good at hiding those bruises. Yeah, exactly, and. The majority of domestic violence is never reported. So what, unfortunately, uneducated and, um, you know, inept people questioning you are going to say, well, then why didn't you ever leave before? You've never filed a report before. As if that's a reason that right now you should not be believed. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, please don't say that to someone. Wow. Another thing with shame is blame shifting they may make you feel like you deserve it. Oh, yes, very often, very often for, you know, it can be for any number of reasons that are not real, you know, like, oh, you didn't clean up, you, something with the kids, you went out, 
you know, and I know you were flirting with somebody or you're cheating on me. Again, that kind of goes that hand in hand with the gaslighting because you're like, what did I do? How did I contribute to this? You know, but you, you question yourself. You do. Oh, wow. Hmm. And you do wonder, did I do this? And that's part of that whole then eggshells and you're just trying so hard to avoid another incident because he's made you think it's your fault. So now that is you trying to say, well, how do I control this? How can I do everything right so that this doesn't happen again? Mm, And you really can't control that other person. (laughs) No, they need to have control of themselves. Yeah. Another reason, another reason why women stay in abusive relationships, the children, this is, that's an obvious one. Definitely. Yes. And you know what, um, in that one is so, so complicated because they one, Okay. Well, of course they, I think they want to take their children. But they recognize, and of course, he's told them, I will get the children, I will get custody. And then you're terrified because you know what he's done to you and you're certain he will do it to them. So you stay because you, and this is a mistaken belief for sure, believe that your children are better off with you being abused and being in the household than seeking something, seeking help outside and seeking a divorce and trying to leave. Wow. Another reason um, they're making excuses. Yes. Well, again, this could, I mean, and it makes sense. They are one making excuses as to why it is what it is. And it's not that bad. And that, well, if I stay, then at least, you know, one, they, they, they make excuses and, distort reality as if the children don't know, but it, at least the children have a two parent household, (laughs) you know, at least, you know, he's not hitting them, just me as if that doesn't severely affect them. Um, and it's, well, work is so hard. You know, only he's told me if only I would keep things better at the house, he wouldn't have so much stress. If only I'd go get a job. Um, but then, you know, you may go get a job because he's told you, you need to get a job. We don't have any money. But then now it's going to be your fault because the house isn't clean. Nobody's taking care of the kids. So there's not a, there. it's a no win. Kind of like that gas line. Like, why would you go do that? I never told you to go do that. Now who's going to do all of this stuff at home? So there's a lot of blame shifting like we talked about and a lot of excuses that then you're making because he's put these ideas in your head and he's not going to take responsibility because you are the victim, but he is a, using the words as the victim, as if you've caused him to do this. And if only you could do better. So now you are truly believing this. So you're making excuses and, oh, well, it's just when he drinks, you know, or it's just when this happens to him, it's really not his fault. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is. It is. But please don't feel shame about this. Get some help. Absolutely. Heather, any parting words? Um, you know, these, this topic is so, um, difficult because I know so many women are suffering and so many women are so afraid, but you know, if you are listening to this and have the strength to reach out, you know, we definitely are here to guide you through the process. And 
as important as it is to contact a lawyer, I, I do really recommend trying to find even just one person, family or a friend that you can then begin to share this with and have that support because that's what they've tried to take away from you. And, and here at Florida Women's Law Group, we we are definitely here to help you. We represent women, um, you know, in injunctions and then getting divorced. And if you happen to be in the Jacksonville area, there's Hubbard House. This is for domestic violence uh, victims. Um, the number to call is 904-354-3114. Heather, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Julie. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Women Winning Divorce. We hope you found information to help you navigate your divorce. If you like our show, please take the time to subscribe and provide a five-star review. If you need more information, please visit our website at womenwinningdivorce.com, where you will find previous episodes and other helpful content. Join us next week as we continue our journey of Women Winning Divorce. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me, we are filled with an abundance of joy. We are filled with an abundance of joy. Also an abundance of questions. Good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service to help answer questions and resolve claims quickly. Uh, good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service. We are also filled with an abundance of biscuits. We are also filled with, uh... I don't think it works this way. Oh, and jam. Don't forget jam. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com.